Hello. Enjoy to you. This is Father Brian Michael Rice from the Wave Consciousness Radio Network welcoming you to sacred space of expanding consciousness, of self-discovery, transformation, new possibilities, divine potential to share with you the good news that God dwells in you. Are you seeking a deeper interpersonal relationship with God? Are you called to living the original teachings of the Christ and embodying these teachings in your daily life? Then join us on the Way of Consciousness Radio Network, programming that offers all-inclusive and trans-denominational perspectives on deepening your individual and our collective divine consciousness in transforming our world into oneness. The focus of our radio programs is to inspire and offer assistance as you expand your inner awareness of divine presence. Learn deeper ways of spiritual mastery through dialogue, study groups, contemplation, prayer, meditation, and spiritual practices. Join the conversation with progressive spiritual luminaries of our times, members of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua, the Apostolic Communion, the Progressive Christian Alliance, the Order of the Brahma Christos, a Christhood Sanatan Dharma Swami Order, Interfaith and New Thought Movements, and all others who seek to bring oneness, consciousness, and peace to our world. The Way of Consciousness Radio Network is produced by the Order of the Friends of Yeshua, our executive producer, is Father Brian Michael Price. Co-hosts for our Way of Consciousness Radio Network are Bishop Lee Allen Peterson, Father Brian Michael Rice, and Reverend Dr. Linda Marie Nelson. You can find us on the World Wide Web at OFJcommunity.org. Our Facebook page is listed as Apostolic Communion. You are listening to the Way of Consciousness Radio Network programming to help you explore and rediscover and remember your inner divinity. This is the Way of Consciousness. Good evening and welcome to the Way of Consciousness. We are on a journey to mastery consciousness on our show this is your co-host, Linda Marie Nelson. I'm broadcasting live from Nashville, Tennessee this evening. Our program and ministry is centered upon the universal, all-inclusive message of Christ as we seek to realize the oneness of divine spirit in all traditions. In tonight's program, we will look at another way to view resurrection and the symbolic elements, elements, excuse me, of of, quote, being crucified by your own thoughts. I'd like to welcome my colleague, my mentor, and cherished friend, uh, Bishop Lee Allen Peterson, who's live tonight from the Fort Worth area of Texas. Welcome, Lee Peterson. 
Hi, Linda Marie. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be co-hosting this program with you. And we have well, some you... very interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just I was just wondering how you were doing and what the weather was like in Texas today. The weather in Texas is beautiful. Good. We're in the seventies and we're clear, and but we're supposed to rain tomorrow. So, but today is is absolutely beautiful. Well, good. And I'm sorry I interrupted you. We're going to begin to talk about uh, the interesting discussion we're prepared to have this evening. That's right. We're going to we're going to be discussing uh accepting the resurrection for yourself. You know, we're in we're in a Lenten period, but the Lenten period period is always preparation for the resurrection. Right. So this this is a timely discussion. <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> I thought it was perfect timing, actually. And um, yeah, we need to get away from the fear and the guilt and and all that that is normally associated with Lent, and see it simply as a preparation for resurrection. And what are some of the ways do you think that we can do that, Lee? Well, you know. Uh, I think one of the the most important things is that uh, we learn in this period of time to concentrate on those things that uh, where we see ourselves as being loved and and how to be more loving in the future, where we see ourselves as entities of forgiveness, uh, how we have been forgiven and rejoice in that forgiveness. and, you know, as we talked about last week, forgiveness means to realize that you've never really done anything wrong. <laughs> and exactly. so it's, it, it's not really forgiveness, it's release. And so maybe during this Lenten period, we should work on releasing all of our shame and all of our guilt and anything that seems to create a barrier to our acceptance of ourselves as um, units of love. Because that's that's what we are. We're units of love. We were birthed by love to be love. And so as units of love, fear and guilt and all that, they're opposite to love. And they actually create blockages for us. All this feeling of unworthiness, all this feeling that, oh, I'm not successful, all, all, all those kind of statements, just put them out because... If you're here, you're successful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and so, you know, and it, you know, if you want to look at it as as God sending Jesus to die for our sins or whatever, it, from that standpoint, look how worthy you are. You are worthy enough for Jesus to have died for you. So that's you know, to me, that makes me feel pretty worthy. And and so so whatever your concept is about Jesus' death on the cross and about our own death on our own cross, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, that uh, that we are truly worthy. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Exactly. We are worthy enough to be. You know. So that's you know that's where we should focus on. And we're here to extend the love of God, which is what we are to everyone else. 
to see the face of Christ in all people. Because Christ is the only begotten Son of God. Actually, the only creation is Christ. And we are that creation. You know, as I was listening to you, I thought about uh, one of the texts that we use in our spiritual uh, development classes uh, for the Order of the Friends of Yeshua, uh, which for our listeners is a contemporary uh, community where we have an ongoing, ongoing dialogue. We teach spiritual development classes on Skype. Uh, and uh, one of the texts we use is the way of transformation. And um, a, a great deal of what we're going to talk about tonight comes from that text. But I love how it begins um, just remembering that forgiveness has nothing at all to do with saying to someone, yeah, I know you've sinned, but you know what? I forgive you anyway. That's not what forgiveness means in terms of, the unconditional love of Christ. What it means is that forgiveness is the recognition that nothing, no thing has been done to you and that we choose to see the face of Christ of everyone that's in front of us. And um, that is a big uh, shift in consciousness to understand just that one thing alonely for so many of us, it's, it's um, you know, I think in our growing and teaching and learning and religious education and so forth, we, we've, we don't really understand that we've never been sinned upon in the first place. Right. We've never been sinned upon. And in, in that sense, you, you know, uh, it's almost how can you sin against God? depending on your viewpoint of, of what God is. You see, if God is all love, all present, all knowing, all powerful, then, you, you know, how do you sin against that? Uh-huh. The, the whole concept of sin, uh, as taught by the church, is one that that gives you a, a sense of guilt. Oh, you've broken a law. Right. Well, the law of God is to love. So, in a sense, every time we choose not to love, we're we are breaking that law. And and but you see, we, most of the time when we do that, we, we do that out of a sense of separation. We do that out of a sense of fear. We do that out of a sense of guilt. Uh, and all of those things to God are completely ignorant. <laughs> so it's nothing, you know, forgiveness then is something that we need to do, particularly to ourselves. And it is a release. When mm-hmm. we forgive ourselves, it's a release of ever having felt that guilt, a release of ever having felt that hurt. How can you hurt love? If you're in a total loving space, you're not going to be hurt. <laughs> Excuse me. And so from that sense, we see that forgiveness is really synonymous with the word release. Mm-hmm. I release myself. 
and I release you of the judgment that I had placed upon you. See, all all that is is judgment that we place upon other people, and and we do, and you know we judge ourselves more harshly than we judge anybody else, and it's all because we have these this false sense, this illusion uh, that that things have been done to us in the past, and and you know I read a, a real beautiful thing. Uh, today, uh, actually Laura read it, uh, and w- what it is is that, you know, we have people that come into our lives that are very difficult for us to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the very people that we chose prior to incarnation to help us learn lessons. And Neil Donald Walsh wrote this remarkable book. I believe it's called this The Little Soul in the Sun. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it came out as a children's book, but it's really an adult book as much as it is a child's book. And, and that's exactly the whole basis. The people that are the most difficult for us in our lives are, on the other side, our best friends. <laughs> well, yeah, in a matter of speaking, you know, that that really is true. And, uh, and, and it, it goes back to that whole thing about seeing... Can you see beyond the boundaries of the circumstance or the situation or or the the relationship, and can you see through that so to speak the Christ within that situation because I love what it says here in the text um you are the one who has been reborn when you choose to remember only loving thoughts or only loving actions when you remember that you are love born from love and our love expressing when we when we choose to remember that in every situation we are reborn so i think that's probably what that scripture meant about you know needing to be born again born into the awareness of the consciousness of love and being that in the world That's exactly what he was talking about. You know, we we call it uh, uh, conversion, repentance, being born again. All those things are are about us turning around, like inside of ourselves. We we, we spend our uh, lifetimes looking out. Our life, we spend our lives looking out. But now let's turn within, and what do we see? We see the love of God because Christ tells us that it is the kingdom of God that is within you. And so that Christ speaks to us and 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 tells us, here, here I am. Come find me. And when we find the Christ within us, then we find that point where we can then, from that standpoint, look out. And that's what we talk about. That's what we mean when we talk about we need to start living life from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Absolutely. And when we're feeling love, we feel peace. When we're acting in love, we feel peace. However, when we act in judgment, um, then we feel disturbance and unhappiness. So, um, you know... 
which is always an illusion. Because really, mm-hmm. there, Christ tells us there is only love. But can you see it? That's right. You know, can you do you know That's it within right. yourself, and can you see it out there? Um, so this time of Lent and that leads up to the Easter celebration is a really significant time for us to to um, to really kind of look at that and have this discussion um, about surrendering, like you were saying before, to love and releasing the illusions of disturbance. Uh, you know, and and really knowing the peace and living living that, embodying that as you live in the world each day. And, you know, this is, you know, we're looking at the horrors of uh, what happened with the natural disaster in in Japan and the tsunami and the earthquake and so, so many in New Zealand and, and just the, the floods that are going on all over the world and, 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 um, you know, can we see the love? Can we see the Christ on the faces of all of the, those people? And can we can we be the love for them that we need to be in these moments uh, in time? Because there is no separation. You know, they are us. And um, that's that's exactly correct, Linda Marie. They are us, and we are them. Anything that happens to them is also happening to us. But we we look at it and we say, oh, that's a terrible disaster. And truly, if you're involved in it, it is a terrible disaster to your physical uh, well-being. But it's also a cleansing, and it's also a birthing process. So, you know, it says that God somehow turns bad things into good. And it's no doubt that in in our human standpoint, from our human standpoint, this was a very bad thing that occurred to them. But the, but the good, but all these things are an opportunity to call to our attention our compassion and our mercy and our need to be supportive one of another. We're getting a lot, we're going to have a lot of these so-called disasters, and it's all in an effort to get us to realize that we are all one and that, you know, look what happened in this country after 9-11. Uh-huh. This country was very united and very loving and very merciful uh-huh. uh, until we decided to turn our wrath on someone else. But, uh, Sadly. <laughs> you know, it, it brought this country together. And and unfortunately, that's, you know, humans are that way. You you know, we don't come together unless there's a need for it. Yeah, that's that ego consciousness, isn't it? That's exactly right. And and all this that is happening is to uh, try to get us to break out of that egoic consciousness and realize it's not a fearful world we live in. It's a very supportive world that we live in. And all we have to do is open ourselves to that love and support. Well, then, you, Lent... You know, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. This Lenten time, then, it, it, it reminds me here, as I remember uh, this whole process of the 
so to speak, crucifixion, um, it says, you know, if we choose to awaken from the uselessness of separation, the uselessness of being a victim or the uselessness of weakness, we can ex- and we can accept what comes of the empowerment um, of deciding to walk the earth as the risen Christ. You know, I keep thinking about, you know, this, you know, the apostles just wondered, you know, many conversations about, well, can I do this? Can we heal? Can we, you know, uh, well, this and greater than this, you know, I came here to show you the way. I am modeling the behavior. I am modeling love. I am embodying that. And if you will do that, you will get rid of this illusion of separation or victimhood or uh, weakness or whatever other egoic perception that we have, and we will realize that we are here to walk the earth as the risen Christ, the arisen Christ, which is love. You know, that's exactly correct. And, you know, he, he did so many things. Uh, one of the things that, that he was that he did while he was walking on the earth is say, you know, if you can't do it for yourself, then look at it this way. I am going to do it through you. And that that's really that that's really the way it is. It is the Christ energy that is within each and every one of us. And when we can accept it for ourselves, then it becomes hugely powerful within us. And then until that time, we can say that it is Jesus within us that does this. He said it's the Father within me that does all things. So he points to himself and he says, look, there's no goodness in me as a person. It is the uh, the Christ nature, the God that is within me, that works through me, that does these things. We are to be like a hollow bone or an empty vessel. Uh, in, in the Buddhist tradition, they use a, a, a cup of tea, and they say we must be the empty tea glass. The, or the empty uh, teacup. Uh, and, and that's exactly what it is. And what do we rid ourselves of? We rid ourselves of the egoic self. Uh-huh. In, in the Bible it says, you rid yourself of self and you die. And that's written from a very, uh, uh, from a standpoint that the people are truly believing they're a body. You see, right. we, we, we are beginning to realize that we are not bodies, that we are divine spirit that is inhabiting at this point in time a body and so if we operate from that standpoint then everything changes and that's that's what this time is about to release all those egoic limited beliefs and to allow the spirit that is within us to come forth and to shine but let's get more into the discussion uh, of the uh, the crown of thorns and things like that. Uh, okay, you know, yeah. Let's begin by uh, this um, this prelude into that whole uh, symbolic uh, thing might be interesting to begin with, Lee. Um, it talks about um, how we have been crucified by our own thoughts. And that by our own thoughts, 
we have brought our persecutors to us who have nailed us on a cross, so to speak, a million times so that we could be confronted with an opportunity to look out upon a loving world by seeing only through the eyes of love. So then we would, uh, we would just ask those of you who are listening, whether live or later on the archive show, just take a few moments and imagine that you are nailed upon a cross. Just take a moment and, and get that visual into your consciousness. You are nailed upon a cross. And you are stuck between the vertical axis of eternity and the horizontal axis of time and the body. So just kind of get comfortable for a moment and just see if you can visualize that. And then imagine that you would lift your head upon which you have placed a crown of thorns. So just imagine you've taken a crown of thorns and you've placed it upon your head. What does that represent? Consider for a moment that it represents the field of the mind and that it operates and expresses through the body and through the brain. So that these thorns represent your fearful thoughts, your judgmental thoughts, your limited thinking that press and poke upon your own energy field and give you quite a cosmic headache. So much so that you begin to draw blood. And consider that it might mean that you are releasing life force from you by the symbol of the blood or the power from you. And and what is happening is that you actually dissipate yourself, much like a balloon with a slow leak would dissipate um, the power that makes it a balloon. So... Consider then that this crown of thorns might symbolize the effect of thoughts you insist upon whenever you rest in judging someone or feeling anger or fear or hurt. That is when you choose to deny love. Pretty interesting to contemplate, isn't it, Lee? It's very interesting to contemplate. The very idea that the the thorns represent the, the your judgmental thoughts and your your limited thoughts, and and they do press upon your your energy field, and they do draw the life from you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just feel how you feel, how contracted and constricted you feel. When, when when you're in a situation where you're feeling pain, 
uh, emotional pain, or or you're angry at somebody. I mean, what do you do when you're angry? Do you clench your fist? Do you tighten up? And you, you know that that is that is, in it it's of itself is, is uh, a response that that's resistant. You're resisting. Exactly. And, uh, and what you're resisting at that point in time is love. You're exactly. resisting and denying yourself. And as it's well exhausting. As denying God. Yes, it is. And it yes, drains it you. It it really literally drains your life force. You're exhausted. You're in despair. And 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 you know. And when something say say you know you've had an argument with somebody, and then you you finally are able to talk, and then you you reach a resolution. The feeling that you have is so restorative, and that is love. The power of love to restore. I mean, I can remember so many incidences in my own life, and I'm sure you can relate to some too, that when you, when that was brought to a, a, a conclusion in a loving way, how alive we feel, how relieved we are, and then our life force returns. Absolutely. You know, it, it, when they say, oh, a mighty weight has been lifted from my back. Exactly. <laughs> and, you, and you feel so good. I think sometimes that's why we do it, so we can get that feeling. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe that's maybe that's why we do it. I don't know. But, you know, I've said that, oh, what a relief. I feel like a 1,000 pounds has been taken off my shoulders. And and actually it has. <laughs> and it literally... We can, has. We 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 can do that. We can do that by simply releasing and simply accepting the love of God for us. Absolutely. And uh and then I want to talk about the I want you to talk about the nails. Talk okay. about the nails. I like this oh, part. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh before we move on to the next uh visualization and and con- and and contemplative idea of the symbology of other elements of so called so uh, our own crucifixion i'd like to just remind everyone that we're listening to the way of consciousness with lee allen peterson and myself linda marie nelson we are here online at blogtalkradio.com so then moving forward the next uh, uh concept we would like you to just consider is take a few minutes and just um imagine the nails what they might represent how they would hold you stuck in a dimension the horizontal dimension of the body and of time which would nail your feet to the world down to earth they often call it Yet, when you look above, the crown of your head is open heavenward, open towards heaven. And you are free to receive the love of God, to choose only loving thoughts, to look gently upon everyone and every event, seeing only perfect innocence.
So now just imagine um, that you lift your head and you realize that there's some blood dripping down from my brow by my own hand. This crown of thorns that was placed upon me by those who came to serve me or to shock me into remembrance that I have allowed myself to have these negative or limiting or fearful thoughts. And now you would take a moment and look to your left as you are upon this cross and then to the right and look at your wrists. Your wrists are bound to the horizontal plane by a nail, a hard piece of iron, cold and thoughtless. And consider how many times have we bound ourselves to the things of time through our own thoughtlessness or our own coldness? How many times have we done that? And now turn and look down at your feet. Notice that they are crossed over, resting gently upon a small wooden slab with a nail through them, as though the world were saying, don't you dare try to rise above our level of consciousness. How dare you mirror to us the truth of our being by always being so incredibly loving. And what this is suggesting, Lee, is that the world seeks to nail us down to earth by insisting that we think with it. But we need to remember always that the world, not the earth, but the world of human experience is the attempt to create that which is the opposite of reality, like many who would gather together to take a drug and think that their insanity is the same as the bliss and ecstasy of union with God. Interesting to contemplate, is it not? So the nails re- are, represent us being so, I guess, captured or kidnapped by the world that we fail to... Um, realize that it's our thoughts that are binding us to the earth, so to speak. Lee, what would you have to offer with that whole experience of the analogy of what the nails might represent with us being stuck in the world? Well, that's that's exactly right. The nails represent all those things that seek to... to, uh, to keep us bound to the earth. And those are all those things, our thoughts of negativity, 
our thoughts of limitation and our fearful thoughts. The idea that someone did something to us. The idea that... Um, and it, it's all in how you look at it. Um, it's a, You know, the world will seek to pull you down to earth by insisting that you think with it. That's That's why we say we should be uh, in the world, but not of the world. Exactly. When you're of the world, yeah, you're bound to the world, you see, and the world dictates to you what reality is. But that's an illusion. It's not that. The reality is that we are living in the Garden of Eden, and we have turned it by our own thinking into something other than that. We are trying so hard or in the past we have tried so hard to be everything that we weren't created to be. We were created to be Christ. We were created to be the love of God in form. And then we got, you know, in the Course of Miracles and in this course, uh, it talks about the insanity. We've, we've come up with an insane idea that we're separate from one another. And it shows what masterful creators we are in that we see everybody as a separate individual, which couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. We are not separate. We are individuations. We are unique individuations of the same thing. I like to use the example of, of uh, well, what I'm teaching here in Weatherford. We have a lot of these uh, wrought iron tables, and they have wrought iron chairs. The common element is that the table and the chairs are wrought iron. They're the same. And one functions as a table, and the other functions as a chair. But it's the same thing. It's wrought iron. Well, that's the same thing we are. We're the Spirit of God. And some of us function as priests, bishops, uh, accountants, lawyers, uh, dog catchers, dishwashers, it doesn't matter what our function is. What matters is that we are all this same thing. We are all the love of God expressing in form. Now, it might be a little disconcerting to some people to think that, you know, well, I'm a thought in the mind of God. Yes, that's exactly what you are, a thought in the mind of God. All of creation is but a thought in the mind of God. And and how much love is there if he continuously uh, thinks about you? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think about how much more meaningful this Lenten journey uh, is for me. I will just speak for myself. Considering this uh, symbology as it relates to my own life, and I really believe that that is what Christ came to show us, the way for all, regardless of what our, you know, our role is or our job is. Um, you know, we, we're all here to just embody and, and have, be the love that we are. And, you know, we've, we've created a, a world where we see everything as having to fit into someone else's expectation um, or measure up to someone else's level of uh, opinion about how we should behave or how we should, you know, act or 
and, and you know, I think about my ministry, Lee, and and you know, uh, being an independent minister who doesn't fit into any particular category of denominational church, who is really trying um, to walk divine love, to try to be that. Uh, sign of divine love, of unconditional love, uh, compassion, and 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 uh, in the world as Christ modeled. Uh, and so, for many of us, I think we're in this great time of change. And I think what's happening in the earth is just um, an indication on the outer world what's happening in, within a lot of people in the inner world. And so, I think this Lenten time is a really wonderful opportunity for us to look at. You know, look at these elements of the uh, crucifixion and, and resurrection as it applies, you know, to our own life. Um, a little further in this text from the way of transformation, it takes us then to the next step in this um, symbolic journey, and and it asks us to to see the soldiers that were gathered around the cross. You know, the persecutors who were totally unconscious, totally conformed to the authority of the world, which is how they were able to don the armor and wear the garments and carry the spears of a God that they made as a substitute for love. And you know, when you, when you, Imagine yourself there looking at the crowd of soldiers. You know, isn't it an amazing, uh, um, I don't know what to call it, it's an amazing shift in consciousness to view that in a different way. Mm-hmm. That's what all this is, causing, is, is hopefully causing us to do, is to make a shift in consciousness. And that's why, I, I, you know, we talk about the tsunamis and things like that. And, and to me, it's a rebirth. It's a, it's a, it's a rebirth. It's the birth pains uh, of this new heart set, heart centered reality that that's coming about as a result of the tsunami, as a result of bad things happening. Uh, we come together, and it opens our heart. And it begins to let us see how we should truly live. And when we see the soldiers that are, that are, I mean, the helmet, that separation and hardness and coldness and and the armor that covers the heart, it's hard, it's metal, it's, it, it's cold. Uh, the spears, <coughs> excuse me, that, that they carry, one stuck into the side. Uh, of Jesus on the cross. And, you know, we get thorns in our sides, too. And those thorns in our sides are like spears uh, of the soldiers. If you look at the soldier as, as being a, a crystallized form of thought, that, that's the world's thinking, that we're separate, that Mike makes right, that I'm better than you are, uh, and all these kinds of things. Uh, that causes us to have separation, and and that that's just what that symbolizes. The armor that they're dressed in is armor of separation. It's cold, hard-heartedness. It's it's 
it's a mind that that's frozen and and covered in steel, and you you can't break into it. Uh, and it's all devices uh, to protect you from from outside influences, uh, which cannot affect you if you're in a state of love. Exactly. And you know it it, uh, it closes this whole symbolic journey by asking us then to just to take a minute to look at the crowd of people, uh, the friends and the crowd, and you and you, when you notice your friends they still see uh, your love. Even though they are veiled by the belief that you are going to die and, and that they will lose you. And so you might feel completely alone and that no one is going to save you. But what does, right, what does Christ do? Um, he says at the end that you must lift up your eyes from the world that you think you see and accept the reality that into the hands of the Creator, or as Christ said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The choice is that the, the love of God is unlimited in the field of what looks like in the world to be limited. And you find then when you realize that you are the a spirit expressing love that you are eternal the the nails can no longer hurt you there is no pain or suffering it is all forgotten and you you are then in peace and you are aware that you can still see your friends, or you can still see the soldiers, or the fears, or the tears, or the tumult. And you bless everyone. And so then, resurrection can begin. And here in the text, it, it says, Easter is your birthday. It's our birthday a time to celebrate that the crown of thorns has been removed. No more limited thinking, no more fear, only loving thoughts. We can transcend anything because in love there is only peace. And in love there is only the infinitude of pure spirit. That love is Christ restored to our consciousness when we are love we are returned or we resurrect i just i just that is just so amazing when i if you can spend some time to just sort of contemplate that whole idea um to just be love. And that is what overcame the world. It is, it is love overcoming the world. And, mm -hmm. you know, it goes on, it says, Therefore set aside your images and your practices of me. Make no pilgrimage to me. Make a pilgrimage to the heart of yourself, your true self. 
by looking upon all that you see this day and seeing its beauty, its harmlessness, and by knowing that you are looking out through the eyes of the arisen Christ, you are that one who with me has overcome the world. So how do do you (laughs) overcome the world? You overcome the world by releasing the limitations, by releasing the fear, by releasing. And and it's just that you can see the nails coming out of your hand. You can see the crown of thorns coming off your head because you are now choosing love. You see, Linda Marie, we only have two choices. We have a choice between love and we have a choice between fear. In this love, you're resurrected. In fear, you're crucified. So then what is your choice going to be? Is it going to be crucifixion, which is fear? Or is it going to be love, which is resurrection? And a lot of times, you know, the choice seems, at this particular point in time, easy. But when we're living in the world, sometimes that choice is not so easy. And so that's why we need to take times such as this Lenten period to sit back and to relax and to just look out and say, well, here I made a fearful decision, and I release it. I choose again. You always have the power of choice, and we always have the power to choose again. That's why there's no sin guilt, right? Because there's nothing to feel guilty for because we can always choose again. Exactly. And and so in, in that way, we can just drop. We can say, okay, so I made a mistake there, or I didn't do that as lovingly as I could. Fine. Okay. I choose again. And believe me, an opportunity like that will come again into your life, and you will have the opportunity to choose love. That is for certain. <laughs> that is for certain. And, and that's right. So we can end all of our suffering. And we, we we can end all of our fear. We can end all of those things which limit us by a simple choice of choosing love. Do you want joy? Do you want suffering? Do you want crucifixion? Do you want resurrection? Do you want unlimitedness or smallness? The choice is always yours, and it's always the choice between love or fear. Well, that was beautifully. Thank you. That, that 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 said it beautifully. And I wondered now if I could call upon you. I thought we might take a few minutes here towards the end of our program and offer a guided uh, meditation prayer for all that are suffering in the world, uh, for all that we've seen in the world of the tragic events in Japan and many other places on the planet. Um, you know, it, it, with flooding and, and disasters and fires and and now a nuclear plant. Um, you know, I, th- I I was thinking about that when you were you were talking about the egoic mind, uh, how we go out to build these <laughs> nuclear power plants and we think we know everything, and yet <laughs> and yet they didn't plan big enough, did they? They didn't no, plan. No, no, you know, and we, you know, we talked about this in the 70s and in the 80s, you know, and we said, 
you know, we're not too sure about this nuclear energy. And we said, oh, but it's so cheap. You know, but what we didn't realize at that particular point in time is that we're building bombs and placing them in our backyards. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and in light of that, I, I was wondering if you would be so generous and kind as to lead us on a guided prayer meditation. I'd love to play a piece of music created by inspirational singer-songwriter Mr. Sean O'Shea um, here in Nashville. It's called Storm's Pass, and I thought it was just the appropriate perfect piece of music to use for just to take a two or three minutes, and uh, would you lead us in, in, in a meditative uh, prayer imagery of how can we see that love for all of those who are challenged um, in the world today with what is happening on our planet. I would love to, Linda Marie. <laughs> Thank you. And I just want to remind everyone who's listening, if you should happen to be driving a car, listening on your <laughs> car phone or, uh, you know, operating any kind of machinery, just please, if you could safely stop what you're doing. And and uh, we, we invite you to participate um, for the next two or three minutes and hold, uh, see the Christ in everything. And um, I will begin the musically. Okay. So if we will sit upright and just put your hands on your lap. Let's begin to breathe rhythmically in and out, rhythmically and evenly. In and out. And close your eyes and turn away from your everyday thought by lifting your attention, simply focus on your breath, breathing in and breathing out. Whenever you notice your thoughts wandering, peacefully turn away from those thoughts and just focus on your breath in and out. Recognize your spiritual nature. Know that you are a spiritual being living in a physical world. And ask God or the universal spirit for the life energy that you are about to use. Give gratitude to the creator for universal life energy. For everything that you love about your life. And for existence itself. This connection to higher consciousness will amplify your efforts. Now just take several breaths, breathing in and breathing out. With each in-breath, visualize life energy building into a vibrant white light within you and charging every cell of your being with its life energy. First, visualize the positive change, the healing that we send out into the world. Mm -hmm. 
Even though you're healing something that we perceive as negative, it is important to focus instead on the desired positive outcome. Sending energy, we send positive, powerful energy. Condition for a positive outcome. Visualize the people in the world at peace. Visualize that the buildings are rebuilt. And now we use the in-breath cycle and we transmit healing energy for the specialized purpose of bringing peace and joy to the people of the earth. So we breathe in white light and we breathe out the white light through our hearts, sending it to all the world, sending it to all the earth. So just for a moment, visualize the world surrounded by this white light in through the nose and out through the heart. Let's do this for five breaths. out into the world holding the intention of healing. And now let's just Listen to the music a little bit and begin to open our eyes and to come back into this beautiful and healed world, sensing the love and the peace and the joy that surrounded and giving thanks for all the good things we've experienced in our lives. Thank you, Bishop Lee. Why, thank you, Linda Marie. And I'd also like to thank again uh, Sean O'Shea for providing that beautiful music. Um, if you'd like to check out more of his beautiful music, you can go to his website at www.singspirit.net. And he's also... Uh, finishing up his forthcoming book Spiritual People Skills and it can be found um, on the web at spiritualpeopleskills.com Thank you so much Sean O'Shea um, Lee, I would just like to also um, ask our listeners to consider um, a donation to the Red Cross for their efforts there are many many countries who are helping with the relief efforts um, and so if you if you choose and it resonates to your heart, uh, you can visit the Red Cross website at redcross.org 
and right on the home page there's a place to make a contribution for the efforts in helping the people of Japan. So thank you for that. Lee, any closing uh, ideas about well, just our discussion that, you know, tonight? Through this week that we're able to to just take a few moments and remember that, you know, we do have this choice, and any time that a situation arises, just step back for a moment and just ask yourself, what is the most loving response? You know, we, we a long time ago, there was this WWJD uh, bracelet, what would Jesus uh-huh. do? Yeah. And they were telling you, well, think about what Jesus would do. Well, actually, what I want to say is, what did Jesus do? <laughs> yeah, really. What did and if we, go, what did... if we look at it from that standpoint, then we can see when there is an opportunity to forgive, there's... When there was an opportunity to choose love, he chose love. When there was an opportunity to heal, he healed. So let's take that as our example, and let's find opportunities in which we can express the love of God more and more in each of our in our daily life. And that's a beautiful Lenten practice. <laughs> it is a wonderful Lenten practice, and and for all of our. Uh, for all the traditions out there, all of the the wonderful traditions have similar uh, uh, paths and practices and observances and ceremonies for the same reasons, to be a more loving presence, to be forgiving when there's an opportunity to forgive, to be loving. And, you know, I like to think of Christ as a universal, all-inclusive, Christ was universal and all-inclusive. No one, and sometimes often much to the dismay of some of his followers, uh, no one was ever excluded from his message. Or from his love. Or from his love, thank you. So I just... uh, would like us to remember that as well. So thank you so much, uh, Bishop Lee, for being well, thank uh, part you so of much, this. Linda Marie. You did a wonderful job. And so did you. And, and you, I, oh, I, thank appre- you. I appreciate this opportunity to come together. Thank you. All of you who have participated tonight live, and we are grateful to all of you for listening, whether it's uh, archived or real time, your support, support means a great deal. And uh, we send you great love uh, and great blessings. And we thank you. Thank you for listening to The Way of Consciousness here on The Way of Consciousness Radio Network. Programming to inspire you to live from the divine indwelling within you. This is a production of the Order of the Friends of Yeshua and the Apostolic Communion. You can find us on the World Wide Web, ofjcommunity.org, ofj-org,
online-network.info apostolic-communion-online-network.info and also on our YouTube Apostolic TV channel www.youtube.com slash user slash Apostolic Communion with a capital A and a capital C with the other letters being lowercase. Thank you again. This is executive producer of the Way of Consciousness Radio Network, Father Brian Michael Rice, thanking you.